0: It's midday in a small office when a cell phone rings. A man in a suit and tie picks it up, sees that it's from a number that he doesn't recognize, and then says hello. The woman on the other end of the line identifies herself as being from a credit monitoring service. She's calling to let the man in the suit know that it appears that someone has attempted to steal his identity. The man is shocked. The good news is, however, that they've caught it in time. And if he wants to, he can take advantage of their total protection plan, something that will protect him against theft and fraud. And the best part about it is that it's absolutely free. The offer sounds good, and the man in the suit is only too happy to take advantage of it. But first, the woman needs to verify some information. She needs his full name, his date of birth, and his social security number. Happy that his identity is finally going to be truly secure, the man, without hesitation, obliges. Well, you can probably already guess where this one's headed. And it's not good. This scene is the opening of the 2013 Jason Bateman, Melissa McCarthy film, Identity Thief. And given the two lead actors, yes, hilarity does ensue. And by the end of the film, not only do we find out about the potential dangers of identity theft, but we also learn a little something about ourselves in the process. Identity theft is something that I think about, but to be honest, not all that much. If someone takes my credit card info, as long as I report it to the credit card company, they'll take care of it. And besides my access to credit, I'm not really sure why anyone would want to steal my identity anyway. But you do read about some pretty crazy cases, all of which are enough to make you stop and and at least take pause. Take the case of Margaret Somerville. In 2006, she was riding the San Francisco trolley when her wallet got stolen. She quickly canceled her credit cards and moved on. That is until two years later when she found herself under arrest after someone using Margaret Somerville's identity had defrauded several banks out of tens of thousands of dollars. The real thief was eventually caught and Ms. Somerville was cleared, but not without a massive amount of personal anguish. Or there's the case of Abraham Abdullah, a former busboy who used the web as well as his local Brooklyn library to begin his hunt for the personal financial information of some of the wealthiest people in America. People like Steven Spielberg, Oprah Winfrey, Ted Turner, and Warren Buffett. And once he got their information, he was able to bilk them for millions and millions of dollars. He got caught too. But I'm not a bazillionaire with millions to steal, and so far, knock on wood, I haven't had my wallet stolen, so I'm not really a target. Right? Well, we're about to find out. Welcome to Hackable, an original podcast from McAfee. This computer is on the job around the clock. In case of attack,
1: their principal target is you. The design is complete, but will it work?
2: Shake
0: hands with danger. I'm here with Bruce Snell, the cybersecurity and privacy director for McAfee. And Bruce, in a few minutes, an experiment is apparently going to start where a couple of hackers are going to try and hack me for a entire week to see what information that they can steal, which is totally nuts. Um, but before that happens, I want to just get a uh, set the stage a little bit and get a context and talk to you about identity theft. I hear lots about it. But, you know, short of credit card fraud,
1: is it really a big deal? You know, I want to start out by saying that was an extremely bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, having somebody hacked. Yeah, you? let's just get that on the table before we even okay. get started, right? So I think we can all agree <laughs> that that was, that was a bad idea. Uh, but, you know, all for science, right? I, exactly. I think it's the things I do for art is, is, is how
0: I like to look at it. So I know that I've made a bad decision, but in life, is it other than these two hackers staring at me, is it something I actually need to be worried about in the real world?
1: Well, you know, identity theft's gone on for for decades. I mean, it, it definitely pre-exists to all of the you know ease of use that we have on the internet now. I mean, you know, it was back in quote unquote, the day, I don't know what day it was, but the day, (laughs) Um, you know, people would, you know, dig through garbage cans and, you know, find, you know, pull letters out of uh, mailboxes looking for information that they could use to open up a credit card in your name or something like that. So it's definitely not a new thing. But I think with uh, the advent of, you know, social media and how connected everyone is, that it's definitely increased in kind of the pervasiveness of it. But I know,
0: you know, like if somebody steals my credit card number, which seems if I look at all the things you could infiltrate in my life, that's, you know, that's the only one with any economic gain to it. I can just call my credit card company and they can, they'll take it off and they'll issue me a new card and I'm inconvenienced because all my pre-authorized payments have to be reset up. But other than that, it's not that big a deal. Am I naive?
1: Well, you know, identity theft really goes a lot beyond just stealing a credit card, right? I mean, you're, you're talking about stealing someone's social security number or stealing information that, you know, people could use to open up a new bank account, right? So there, there is the financial element to it that's that kind of quick turnaround that, you know, steal the credit card number and, you know, run up some charges. But, you know, I've, I, there are a number of cases of people that have been dramatically impacted by people stealing their identity, opening up bank accounts, etc., and, you know, when it comes time to, you know, say, get a mortgage or something like that, they find that they've got this huge hit on their credit score because somebody has stolen their identity, has been opening up all sorts of accounts in their name.
0: We talked to Robert Siciliano, who's a personal security and identity theft expert, who shared with us some of these unbelievable horror stories, crazier things than, than I'd ever heard before. I want to play that for you now.
2: a real estate agent had contacted me and her ex-boyfriend stole her identity and he used his new girlfriend uh, as the perpetrator. And over time, he and his new girlfriend began to open up new lines of credit under the victim's name. And what this meant was credit cards, bank accounts, mobile phones, even adopting the uh, victim's real estate license And in time, uh, bill collectors began to call the victim. Uh, Her license to work was eventually suspended. Her driver's license was revoked because the perpetrator had actually got a driver's license under the victim's name. So it's an absolute mess in behalf of the victim she began to lose it basically psychologically becoming depressed somewhat paranoid she became physically ill it affects you spiritually emotionally and financially in a number of different ways another story involves a truck driver who had um, been a victim of identity theft the criminal some way, somehow, had hacked various accounts and was able to obtain a driver's license under the vict- victim's name. The perpetrator gets arrested for DWI. And when he's arrested for DWI, that means that the victim's driver's license is suspended. And when this particular truck driver, his license is suspended, that also means that his ability to earn a living uh, is lost. It went for six to eight months before he was able to rectify the situation. And in that time, he's unable to work. And if he can't work, he can't pay the mortgage. So eventually, his home was foreclosed on. And in this particular situation, because of the upright upheaval in his life, his wife ended up leaving him. So the studies show that anywhere from a few hours to a few hundred hours is required to restore a compromised identity. Some studies show that as many as one out of four or 25% of identity theft victims never fully recover a stolen identity, which means that they deal with it for the rest of their lives.
0: So that was personal security and identity theft expert Robert Siciliano. Okay, Bruce, now it's the moment of truth. I'm going to head downtown where where two hackers have agreed to meet me. And just to make this the most um, mysterious Uh, That it could be. They're they're meeting me in a public park downtown to launch into this crazy thing where they're going to spend a week hacking my life to see what aspects of my life they can infiltrate. So I know what you think about this already, but I just have to now ask you like on a scale of stupidity, how much pain am I in for?
1: If if you're looking at it from an artistic perspective, eh, we can look at it, you know, along the lines of Van Gogh cutting off his ear. You know, it's,
0: <laughs> so it's just it's it's no worse than cutting off my own. Yeah, ear. no,
1: it's it's pretty much on the on the same level.
0: Okay, I think I think I can live with that. All right, well here goes nothing, my friend. Good luck. It's a uh, a sunny day. I am meeting two hackers at a downtown park, and they've told me to meet them here. These are the people that are going to be doing the. Um, They're gonna test my internet security, and here they are. Hello. Hey. Hi. How's it going? Uh, Fine. Thank you for asking. Um, So, uh, you seem a little nervous. We're here together. We're meeting here in a park, and it's almost like this couldn't be creepier from the get go, even if we had designed it that way. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Before we do this, tell me a little bit about yourselves. Uh, So, I'm Nick Alex, Uh, I'm a
3: penetration tester.
1: My name is Judy Novak and I've been in information security for about five years and I work as a security consultant.
0: You've told me to come meet you at, at a park downtown. You've emailed me this this crazy document that is five pages long. Can we look at that for a sec before we do anything? Sure. Yeah,
3: for sure. So here's this uh, agreement, it's a penetration test agreement. and <laughs> I can't help it. Essentially, uh, what we're looking at in this agreement is uh, a formalized contract uh, saying that we are allowed to hack you. So the
0: gist is, you got one week to see if you can hack me. Is that the gist?
1: Five days, precisely.
0: Five days?
1: Yeah. Five days.
0: Okay, so you you got five days to figure out as much about me as you can correct yep
3: we're we have five days to stalk you find out your behavior <laughs> find out what you do online see how secure your phone is your laptop just your entire life
0: all right well i guess my only uh, uh, my sympathies to you because i think you're probably in for a very very boring week <laughs> <laughs> all right game on So I'm just leaving the park where I met with Nick and Judy. And uh, maybe I'm being paranoid, or maybe it's part of this weird thing, but I now feel like uh, uh, people are following me everywhere. This is going to be really weird. Okay, I'm just. Returning home, and I realized in setting all of this up, I may have actually neglected to do one rather important thing and uh, tell my wife what's going on. So, uh, wish me luck. Hello. Hello. How are you?
2: Good. Why are you recording me?
0: Okay, so I have something to tell you and I thought it'd be easier if I had the recorder going. Okay, fine. So I've just agreed to do something that I didn't, maybe didn't tell you about. Okay. So, um, I just went downtown and I was meeting with two hackers who, uh, are going to spend the next week trying to hack me. Okay. What does that mean? Well, it means that they'll be trying to virtually hack me and then they're also going to be doing, um, surveillance and trying to track all my activities. Okay. So how does that affect me? I don't know exactly. I know that that um, I'm gonna be trying to outsmart them okay. and stay one step ahead of them. Legally, it shouldn't affect you at all. They've made a promise to not uh, impact anybody else other than me. But Five, I thought so. There's not gonna be like people stalking the house late at night. <laughs> there might be. <laughs> okay, I'm not totally comfortable with that. How long is this going to be? Just five days. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh, fantastic. It's uh, day two of uh, this hacking experiment. I'm on the third floor of my house, and I'm staring out my window onto the street, looking to see if I can see them. I see... It's raining today. I see somebody in a raincoat, but they're facing the other direction. There's two cars on the street. The windows are dark. I don't know if either of them is them. So unless it's one of these two cars, this black car or this gray car, I don't think there's anybody in those cars. I don't know. Either they're good or they're not here. It's day four of this weird hacking thing. And I just got an email that I suspect just might be part of this. I have a, uh, a freelance website that has samples of, of work that I've done over the years. And I just got an email with the subject line security alert. And the the email says, Hi, Jeff, we think someone else might have accessed your account and made some changes to your website. Due to the natures of these recent changes, they have been flagged by our security team as possible website defacement. And website defacement is all in bold and red. If you want to restore your website back to its previous version, we can help you do it now. And there's a button here where I can click on my website. And if I click on my website, I see... (laughs) I see it's, uh, it's my homepage, but I see, uh, in big red letters uh, above a photograph of me, it says pwned. I think that's how you pronounce it. P W N E D. And then, uh, there's a big thing that says Jeff Siskin has been hacked by yours truly. And a little, um, happy face beside it. So I guess they got in here. I'll have to, um, I have to ask them about this tomorrow when we, uh, meet up to debrief the hack. Uh, In the meantime, if I click on the button to restore the website, it takes me to a screen, restore and backup instructions. So now I have to... And a file is downloading. All right, Nick, we are back. Yes, we are. Judy couldn't join us. Uh, which is too bad, but I understand uh, she's been watching me anyway for the last uh, last little while. I've decided given that this is a, a super um, kind of sinister experiment, I've booked us the back of a, a cafe that happens to be in an old bank and we are sitting right now in the vault, which they rent out as a meeting room.
3: I definitely feel like we're we're up to no good back it's, here.
0: It's a super scary room and then just outside us a urban hipster cafe. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I know how I did this week and, and I can tell you what I did this week because I don't know if I was totally up front with you before. I decided that, uh, I wasn't going to be a total sitting duck. So what I did was change all of my passwords for all of my main accounts every single day and I did that religiously until I got tired of doing it every single day I might have only lasted two days but I decided that's what I was going to do I got really really paranoid every time I I left my house and I'd look back and forth and then I never saw you and then I probably stopped doing that too all of which is to say I think I did pretty well I want to go back to the beginning sure (laughs) so what what did you guys do what did you do first
3: so the first thing that we did uh, we broke down uh, our reconnaissance um AKA, just information gathering um, step into two parts passive and active. Now, the passive part was just doing simple Google uh, searches, um, finding out where you lived. <laughs> okay. Um, we were able to get your email address. Yep. Your postal code. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Your phone number. Wow. We're you able to get your family information. Okay. Your password hint. Were Wait, you how, how?
0: You were able to figure out my password hint from Googling? Yeah, so the password hint was. Oh boy. I just wanted to jump in here for a sec to give some context to where we're at so far. So just through Googling, the hackers were able to already find a ton of information about me, which by itself is more than a little disconcerting. But where things get truly frightening is that they could have taken all of this information and put it into something called a password generator, which like the name suggests, would generate a bunch of passwords that I would be most likely to have. Which actually reminds me, I should probably change my main password to be something other than
3: I, I planned uh, an operation called uh, Mission Tundrop. <laughs> Tundrop? Yeah, Mission Tundrop was or I drove my, my car right in front of your house, parked it, turned on the, my, wi- my Wi-Fi cards, and actually got out of my car and walked to the nearest coffee shop and took out my second computer and connected to my computer that was sitting outside your house. Hence, Mission Tundrop. <laughs> I dropped my car, which I think is a, about a ton in front of a ton your tongue drop.
0: I think I said tongue drop. <laughs> that makes so much more sense now.
3: So um, even if you were to look outside your house, you would just see a an empty car. Okay, that's pretty good. I was able to get your Wi-Fi password. Okay, which was. Uh... So wait how, how did you
0: how did you get the how did you get my Wi-Fi password.
3: My, my favorite way to attack someone is, is using social engineering. So not only do I attack your, your digital space, I also attack your brain. Me
0: again. So this is actually pretty scary stuff. What the hackers managed to do was blast all of my devices off my home network. And when I went to sign back into what I thought was my router, it wasn't. It was actually the hacker's router in disguise. And when I typed in my password, that's when they were able to capture it. And once they got that password, they were able to get into my network and they were able to see everything that was connected to it. All of my computers, my iPads, my my kids' various devices, my my smart thermostat, my home alarm system, everything. And once you can see it, it's not such a stretch to being able to control it, which is terrifying.
3: After that, um, you know, I was was running pretty close. Uh, Didn't really have much time left. Uh, I really wanted to do another Mission Tundrop 2 where I could try to ex, uh, exploit some of those services that were running on your uh, on your computer. But I didn't know when you would be home. I didn't know how I could successfully um, do that. So what I did was I went for a Hail Mary and I created a fake uh, genuinefiction.com website. Which is my personal freelance portfolio website. And I
0: can't believe that was you that messed with it.
3: Yes. And obviously we, we knew that. During our reconnaissance, and um, what I wanted to do was, I knew that you, you've, you know, you had your guard up. You're, you're being tipped off that that we're we're watching you, uh, so I wanted to spoof your website uh, in order to try to get you to download a virus. Okay. Uh, not just any virus, but a, a root rootkit, something that would actually have um, a persistent
0: access to your computer. So um, you would, you would have had. Everything. That computer would be mine. I just want to provide some context for what the hackers did here because their plan was actually kind of genius. The goal of all this, as Nick says, was persistent access to my laptop, which means he would have had access to everything, everything that currently exists on my laptop, all my documents and photos as well. He would have had access to everything I do online, all of my online banking, every email that I send, everything as well as all of my usernames and passwords it it's actually pretty scary if you think about it and here was their plan to get there first they defaced my personal website they added a bunch of online graffiti to the homepage and and a couple of the other pages letting visitors know in big bold red letters that my website had been hacked and then as a follow-up to that i was sent a series of emails saying that there was suspicious activity on my website and that if I wanted to restore it, I needed to click on a certain restore link that they sent me. So I did. And then a file began downloading to my computer and it was only then that something was triggered in my brain. I thought, why is a file downloading to my computer? The whole thing is done online. So I stopped the download and never opened it, which in hindsight was exactly the right thing to do. So it was very, very close. But I was super proud of myself for not falling apart. But I also, I also have to admit, I felt a little bit bad because I could imagine how much work went into that. Oh, you should have seen me. I, I,
3: I set up alerts so that I knew exactly when you would see the website. So I saw it. I got the instant notification saying, Target has seen the website. Target is viewing these pages. I saw you scrolling between the Contact Us form and the uh, About and going back to the Home page. And then I saw you click the Restore link and I saw that the, the payload, the zip file, was successfully downloaded. And it was at that point where I'm, I'm just waiting for you to just open it and click it. And that never happened.
0: And I was like, no, all that work. I know, I know. And I, and I felt a little bit bad for you. But then it was outweighed by the fact that I felt really proud of myself. <sighs> all right, Nick. This has been a truly ridiculous game of Cloak and & Dagger. And I appreciate the ridiculous efforts you've gone through to uh, hack me and I'm going to enjoy living this next week uh, not feeling like I'm being watched 24-7. Uh, but don't
3: take too much of a vacation now because keep in mind I'm one of the good guys. Um, we did sign that contract I did have limitations. The other guys out there they have no limitations. And now that
0: our contract is done does this mean you can actually take me down?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no. I would never take down a friend. I appreciate that. Thank you very much Nick. Thank you. I'm back with Bruce Snell, Cybersecurity and Privacy Director for McAfee. And Bruce, I have to say this whole last week, it was unbelievably uncomfortable, but I am proud of myself. And I think you should be proud of me too, because maybe I'm learning something from this whole experiment. I'm
1: proud of you. Thank you. I I I kind of feel like you've... You've maybe listened to a couple of things I've said. <laughs> I, I was
0: fishing for that compliment. So I'm glad even with the <laughs> pause before you said it, I was glad to hear you say it. So thank thank you. My friend. <laughs> you know, I, I had this advantage where I knew for a very fixed period of five days that I was going to be hunted. So I, my my paranoia was up to 11 for five days. It's, I'm normally a pretty paranoid guy, but I'm not that paranoid. So, other than just sitting around and 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 looking in the bushes to see, you know, who's who's hiding and about to get you, what can we do to protect ourselves?
1: Well, you know, I mean, you were you were definitely in a very interesting situation, right? The I think the average person doesn't have that level of scrutiny uh, placed upon them. You know, a lot of people when they get their identity compromised or whatever, it's as part of a larger hack, right? Maybe somebody hacks a. Um, a bank website or something like that and pulls down lots of information. So a lot of times that's, you know, that's how it takes place, right? You're, you're part of a larger, uh, a larger hack that's taken place. Now, when people are targeted, you know, and then people that get targeted are people that work at, you know, sensitive uh, governmental organizations or finance uh, institutions, things like that. Um, Then, you know, that's where people start getting this, this level of attention, Right. You know, there's a lot of things you can do, and I think you know you you did you you did a lot of them right. Make sure that you're not clicking on suspicious links, right? Um, always double check and make sure you know you actually go to the website that you intend to go, right? Whenever you click on something. Okay. Is there anything else? Well, I mean, definitely make sure that you know if you ever get an email from you know, say a, a large organization like you know uh, your bank or you know software that you have that says there's been a breach and you need to reset your password, reset your password immediately. But again, follow the same rules where you, you know, go to the website directly, type it in by hand, and then log in and then reset the password from there. Don't Still don't click on a link, even though, you know, you did get an email from, actually from that company. And definitely make sure that you're running some sort of security software. Um, I recommend McAfee, of course. Okay, so
0: if I have this straight, I'm going to repeat it back to you and you let me know if I got what you said. So don't click on suspicious links, which... which I'm learning. If you're going to a website, make sure that you're actually going to the website you want to go to by just checking in your browser bar and making sure that it actually says whatever it is you want to go to, the proper name. Right. And if there has been a breach and your information has been stolen and you get an email about it, make sure to go to that website directly. Don't just click the link in the email. Go to the website directly and follow the proper protocols and actually do it quickly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you definitely don't want to click on a link because what a clever hacker could do is hear about a large breach and then send emails out. You know, so there could be a legitimate breach, but somebody's trying to take advantage of it by sending a phishing email that looks like it's trying to get you to reset your password. Oh, this doesn't help. Like the the problem is that <laughs> it just it just feels like
0: the moment you've got it all figured out, like somebody is just two steps ahead of you doing something even more evil. It's baby steps. Baby steps. <laughs> it's, it's it's baby steps. Well, I am very happy that, at least as far as I know, I'm going to spend this next week with nobody watching me. (laughs) So you think. Thanks, Bruce. (laughs) I'm Jeff Siskin, and you've been listening to Hackable, an original podcast from McAfee. If you like the show and you want to hear more, Please subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you feel like leaving us a rating and review, please do. It really helps us out. To find out more about anything we've talked about this episode, you can go to hackablepodcast.com. Thanks for listening.